I am an ally. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. And if it is your first time tuning in, welcome. Welcome to Never Judge a Brook by its cover. I'm your host, Brooke, and I am so happy to be here today. So if you don't know, and if you're new to this podcast, then this is my mini series for the summer. Honey, we are summer sizzling. We have summer vibes. We are feeling summery, um, where it's more so of an impromptu thing where I'm just able to talk to my friends. I'm able to get some some tea. I'm able to enjoy life. Um, so this summer, it definitely does not reflect all of my other podcasts. If you want to go back, please go back and listen. But it is a time for me to let loose and let be free. So don't come on my podcast judging me and I will not judge you. Okay. And that is period. Anyway, I do want to say welcome to the podcast, though, if it is your first time. So with the summer season, I started giving quick life updates. So I'm going to give a quick life update. Um, I have been working. I'm excited. I started my job. It's my first full week this week. And I really enjoyed it. I've been enjoying what I'm doing. So I'm excited about that. And so with a job comes more responsibility, more opportunities. And so I'm just grateful for everything that is coming my way. It is a lot of things coming my way. And so, you know, I'm I'm here open armed because, honey, my waiting season, I waited for all of this, all of this. So I'm going to be accepting all of it. Um, and so I'm just so grateful. Um, that's a work update. I don't know. This summer, I really have not been doing much. Oh, I went down to South Carolina to uh, spend time with my grandfather for his 80th birthday, my pop-pop. And so that was fun. Um, If you know me, then you know I love me some pop-pop. I love my family. And so I was able to see everybody, enjoy some time. And then I came right back up here to work. So I really haven't been doing much this summer. But honey, the summer is just starting. Okay. Ooh, I lied. I have been visualizing myself as my highest self. So the last summer episode, we talked about that in Frog Girl. Go back and listen to that if you haven't, honey. It's telling you about visualizing yourself as your highest self so you can attract what you need to attract. Um, and so me doing that means that I want to visualize myself successful. And so me and my close friend, Christina, best friend, we are doing something where we wake up every morning at 5 a.m., to do workouts because we visualize our, our highest self doing workouts and you know meditating reading at five something in the morning so please pray for me y'all this summer because I don't know how long that's gonna stay up but I have been doing that so I am a little sleep deprived but we here we are here I'm excited about the podcast I'm especially excited about this podcast in particular and so I'm so grateful that you have tuned in All right, so we're going to get right into it. So there's a segment called Selfie Care. And with Selfie Care, I pride myself and my listeners to take care of themselves. Um, And it's called Selfie Care because you're supposed to take a selfie about what you're doing. This could be reading a book. This could be writing in your journal. This could be buying yourself flowers. This could be lighting a candle. Whatever you do to take care of yourself mentally and just taking a day. Um, It's always needed. And so that's why we have selfie care. So I express what I do and then I want to hear back from you or see your pictures. So this week for selfie care, it was my first full week at my job. And so I decided to treat myself. I got roses from like 
my local Aldi's um, and I put them in my black girl magic wine bottle, which I, it just makes me feel good when I have, um, there was no wine in the bottle, but I definitely have my roses just sitting outside of it. And I bought two candles from Bath and Body Works. I love me some candles. I love some good scents. Um, my house smells really good with them. So if you know me, you know, I'm obsessed with candles. And so this was just a great way to start off my week and to practice some some self-care for myself okay because I deserve it I deserve it did I get the check yet no have I really worked a full week yet no but I was celebrating the the small wins about me getting a job and me just being here so definitely celebrate yourself and tag us tag our Instagram pages to let us know that you are practicing in selfie care all right so we are jumping right into the show like right into it um, because this was a good show. It was a long show. I am so happy to be surrounded by some just beautiful, beautiful people. So um, I'm just going to give a little backstory. So my team and I, we needed this episode. We needed representation. Um, we love the gay community. Okay. And so um, me having a platform and me having a space to share stories and to educate is what I'm going to do. That's what I think I'm here for. That's what I think my purpose is. So um, I just feel like this episode was needed. Um, and I feel like it revealed to me while we were talking that I got to see and unlearn, unlearn some of the habits that I have, but not only unlearn, but learn some of the things that my friends and people in the community have to go through. Like just simple stuff that I wouldn't even think twice about. So this episode is to educate. This episode is also representation. This episode is for the black and brown, beautiful people of this community that are unable to share their stories. Um, so we give this space to you. We give you the mic. We pass you the floor. And I don't talk much on here because that's what I wanted. I wanted this space for them to be able to share who they are and for them to let us know and check us. Check, check your heterosexual friends, okay? And to put us in our place. And they did that. And so I'm so grateful to have this opportunity to sit down with people who I call last minute, okay? My team member, Karan, he is the best, okay? Like, the best. He called everybody last minute and everybody decided to sit down and come and talk and be themselves. So that is what we're doing, honey. We're opening the space not only for the podcast, but for you as listeners to educate yourself. So um, this was a Zoom. So if you hear some audio hiccups, you know, just go with the flow. You get the content. But um, not only that, happy pride. Learn how to start loving. God is love. Love is love. And so we don't judge. It's called never judge a brook by its cover for a reason. So... You can't listen to this, me, a straight woman, and expect to judge what I put out. Um, so just just be open-minded and understand the struggles of this community, baby, because you don't know the half. And I don't know the half. But guess what? We're going to learn something about it today. So I'm going to stop preaching. I'm going to put on the audio. And I really hope you guys enjoy the podcast as much as we enjoy making it. All right. I'm going to stop preaching. Let's go ahead and take a listen. This episode is so 
So, so, so exciting. I am doing I Am an Ally, honey, because it's the last day of Pride, baby. And so we are celebrating all our beautiful kings and queens. And so I have some guests with me today and I cannot wait to share. So um, if everybody could introduce themselves, please give your pronouns and, you know, just tell us who you are. Right. My name is Jelani Gamble. Um, I went to Winston-Salem State University with Karan Brooke and Jamal, and my pronouns are he, him, his. Hi, everyone. I am Karan Gates, and I am, uh, I go by the pronouns of he, him, his as well. Hi, y'all. I'm Benjamin Coy. Um, I, my pronouns are he, him, they, them, and I met Brooke um, when I moved to D.C. for graduate school, and yeah, just happy to be here. Hey y'all, I am Jamal and I go by the pronouns of he and him. And I'm glad to be here. So what's that? <laughs> hey, I'm Ashanti. Um, I went to Winston State with Brooke and I go by she, her, them, they. All right, so y'all, we are all here. I'm excited. Um, and the reason that I did this is because I wanted to see what an ally looks like. So me saying I'm an ally, it's not me just saying it, it's actually representation. What, I'm, what am I doing you know, to benefit the LGBTQIA plus community? So you know, we just wanna make it sure like, what does an ally look like to you? And what do you think allyship is like? I think um, nowadays the word ally is just like so like thrown around. Um, so yes, being an ally is like accepting someone 110%. Um, some people who say that they're an ally, like they'll be an ally, but then if they see someone or like if, if their friends start talking about a gay person or they see someone who's like just out and quote unquote different, then they start to laugh at it and enable people's laughter and, and like make fun of it. That's not an ally. Um, that is absolutely not anything of the sort. An ally is someone that, you know, 100% accepts someone um, regardless of their differences, um, their diverse backgrounds. Um, and an, an ally is someone that also um, fights for them and wants the same things that we all want, um, which is just equality, love, respect. Um, so that's really what an ally is to me. Y'all um, agree, agree Okay. I agree because um, I feel like being an ally is more than just having a gay friend. Um, like yes. you know, when people be like, when they be like, "Oh, um, I love black people. I have black friends." Exactly. Okay, but that don't mean nothing. <laughs> same same thing with all the girls. Um, no shade to the girls, but a lot of girls be like, "Oh, I have a lot of gay friends," but that doesn't mean anything. That just means you have exactly. gay friends. That don't mean you're an ally. So I agree with him. Yeah, I've met a lot of girls who have gay friends who will be like, I don't want, like, say, I wouldn't let somebody gay watch my kid. Like, that's not an ally. Exactly. That's not an ally. Just because you have gay friends. You just have gay friends. Right. <laughs> Talk about how. And I'm surprised you have gay friends. Friend, like, their accessories, like, it's a puppy. Like, it's not. Thank you. Right. Well, I also, I feel like an ally is someone who, um, who is actually willing to learn, too. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's definitely someone who is willing to learn. And the reason why I said it is because. You may be an ally and you might support, but what things are you willing to learn about um, the community that you need to be, you know, hip on, or you need to educate yourself on as an ally? So I just feel like education is definitely a, um, in the top five too. Mm -hmm. So like, you have to be willing to check homophobia, no matter mm -hmm. who it is. Like, exactly. if you're an ally, you can't be in a relationship with someone who's homophobic. That doesn't go together. 
you can't you have to check people like I would check my own cousin I would check my mom I would check my brother you have to be an ally at all times you can't turn it off when you get home it's exactly. if you're not, turn it off when you with somebody or whoever you with right right uh-huh. and I also feel like um I also feel like oh sorry I also feel like um in order to be an ally I'm, this may shake the table I don't know but you don't have to necessarily believe in homosexuality or like the LGBT community if that makes sense so you can be Christian and believe what you want to believe as long as you respect like the LGBT community also and you have like gay you also stand up for them because you don't want them to be mistreated that's also an ally you don't also you don't have to believe in the like the lifestyle but as long as you respect it and still fight for it that's all that matters to me in my opinion okay agreed i also feel as though allies are of course they straight people or cisgender (laughs) that um you know are necessarily you know effective in helping us to our forward movement and basically, you know, earning our equality, uh, the rights and so on and so forth. That's just how I feel. But I agree with everyone. I'm going to do like an opposing view because for like the Christianity thing, I, cause it's kind of like, you know how white people use the Bible to like defend slavery and stuff. Like, yeah, y'all deserve this. Like, I feel like when people be like, well, I'm Christian, so I don't really agree. It's like, you're not, that means you believe that gay people chose to be gay and that okay. you know they can change so it's like if a white person came up to me as a black woman said you know i really don't think black people like according to the bible i don't think black people should be here i'm gonna look at them like kind of sideways like so that's kind of one thing where i don't think that it makes right. sense i feel like i i agree with with everybody because i think that in the aspect of christianity it's like god is love Mm-hmm. So if you're gonna if you say that you're a Christian, you're gonna love everybody. That's what right. you're supposed to do. Exactly. So it's like to me, I am a Christian and I do love everybody. And it's it's I don't know, I, it takes a lot out of me and I have to check my friends. And I remember having to check somebody, but it was just mm-hmm. the fact that <laughs> it was just the fact that like the comment of um this world is too sensitive. And I said, well, you know, why do you think that? And they were trying to do, you know, like gay slang or like they're just so sensitive. And I said, well, if I start talking about your mama, are you going to get offended or <laughs> or, you, or am I going to call you sensitive? Thank like you. you talking about somebody's life. Of course, mm-hmm. I'm going to get offended. Okay. So um, when we when we talk about allyship, I try to I try my best, honey. I'm learning because I we about to get into it. I, I do try to try my best to educate not only myself but educate my peers as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, since we talking about education, I need we need help. We need a lesson. We need a lesson on these <laughs> on these terms, okay? So, so me and my team yesterday we were all trying to figure out you know questions and everything like that. And we we kept going. We had non-binary, we had asexual, we, we had pansexual, we had cisgender, we had so we need we need a lesson. So who can break it down or who wants to take the toll or take the turn to break it down because we want to educate ourselves so we know. What lesson, so, are we, what lesson do y'all want yeah, to Yeah, so break down what specifically? Yeah, what okay. Specific, so what, 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 I would say terms, yeah. So okay. if I say what's non-binary, could somebody describe it? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Go ahead, go ahead. You go ahead. Go. Uh, so, to, uh, so my definition of non-binary is basically, you know, the person doesn't necessarily categorize themselves as male or female. Mm-hmm. They're kind of gender fluid. You know, they can flow into both their masculine or feminine side, in a sense, to me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. Also, I I know like one bi- one non-binary person who um is a male. He goes by he. Yeah. He presents himself like in feminine ways all the time. Like he doesn't have to go to his masculine side if he doesn't want to. But some people may look at that as him just being feminine or just be a quote unquote girl. But he doesn't identify himself as a woman or a male. Mm-hmm. Like he just says he's non-binary. But he My still goes by he. That's a, yeah. See, what did you know what I'm talking about? Um, but yeah, you I just um, saying names. <laughs> <laughs> he um also another misconception with non-binary is they also all have to go by they them theirs or something like that just because they don't identify as a male or female doesn't mean they can't go by he or him or she whatever they want to i also like to add to that i feel like non-binary is almost not it's not just an identity but more of like a belief system like um not belief system but a true belief like you feel like gender isn't binary mm-hmm. and it is a spectrum which is one of my beliefs so like i don't identify as I identify as a woman so I am cisgender but I agree with the non-binary belief that gender isn't binary like there's more than just a girl and a boy mm-hmm. there's stuff in between okay so when it comes to pansexual do you guys want to take a crack at that well I do identify as pansexual um, yes educate us um, <laughs> I was gonna say educate us <laughs> So it's more of the belief, like, as I said, I agree with the, that gender isn't binary. So when you say, as opposed to being someone being bisexual, that kind of excludes non-binary people because you're saying I date men and women. So like kind of like scratching that out, pansexual is I date people in general. Mm-hmm. So there's no limitations of, oh, I wouldn't date this person, that person. You date people in general, whatever you're attracted to but there's no gender requirements. So would you say a pansexual or a person that is pansexual dates all genders? Would some you... people have preferences, but some most pansexual people are open to all genders, transgender people, individuals, anyone. There's a lot of other terms, but I'm gonna tell everybody to go get a dictionary and look them up themselves. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. If you're allied, because... they would do it. Okay. Okay. If you're allied, you're gonna do it. You're gonna look it up. You're gonna have your (laughs) um. So being in the LGBTQ plus community, um, are there different cultures within race? So you guys are, which I mean, people can't see y'all, but y'all are black. So within (laughs) the black and brown, (laughs) within the black and brown, are black and brown gays treated differently, and why? Oh my gosh, absolutely. Yeah, girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. For me, it goes, it, it, the basis is always just race. Um, at the end of the day, white gays, yes, they're gay, but they're still white. And so they still have that, you know, maybe they're not straight, so they don't have that straight privilege, but they still have white privilege. It's yeah. still at the basis is, is race. And so that's one of the reasons why um, the black and brown gay community is always treated differently um, 
And that's why we've always had to make our own community within ourselves. Um, and then, I mean, a, a separate situation, even within our black and brown communities, we have our own <laughs> subsets and all that mess. And that is, that can Man be messy too. Uh -oh. Yes, but either way, yeah, yeah. Black and brown games are, are, are treated differently in our community. I agree. Yeah, and I, I try to like, um, I try to like say like, it's kind of like how black girls and white girls are kind of in a sense, like if a white girl does something, it's considered like, high class, but when a black girl does it, it's considered mm -hmm. like quote unquote ghetto. Yes. I seen something on a show, I think it was RuPaul's Drag Race or I forgot what I was watching, but the white, this white gay was very like, just, he was ghetto, he was ghetto, but they called it sassy on television. But if, when the mm -hmm. black guy came up, it just made, they, they showed it in a negative connotation. Even though they were doing the exact same thing, they just made it look like the gay um, black one was ghetto and the white one was okay and sassy and cute. And it's, the, it's like, it's literally the same thing. So girl, we all go the same struggles. We just get. Is it a difference between black pride and white pride? Hell I, yeah. I yes. Say, oh girl, <laughs> black pride. What? Black pride is like, but that's why we're secluded. Like literally, we not not saying that we, we can't have fun together, but literally, we are not them. Not at all. Be giving a whole different things in there. Yeah. Like, even going to like a black gay club or like a white gay club, you can just you see the difference as soon as you walk in. White gay clubs, no shade to them, they be partying, they, they can do their stuff. But they I was about like, to say, I went to I went to White Pride and I went to the club and it was look now, I sweated my hair out just like I would at a black oh. club, <laughs> but uh, it was a, it was a little mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yes, the boom boom music, the okay. boom boom music. <laughs> I was pumping for the girls, so it was it was fun. That brings me like y'all already know who I am. Y'all know I love ballroom. I take over and make it seem like it's like a gay thing, but it's a black and brown gay thing. Mm -hmm. They they still can um contribute to it, and I'm not have we have no problem with them contribute to it at all. But it's still the origin of it comes from black um gays. Well, mm -hmm. black transgenders also. Yeah, and Jelani, I do want to mention ballroom. I have it down, and I I really put the question down just for you because I live. Oh, I live through all the videos and the education sessions. So if you <laughs> want to speak a little bit, and I mean, anybody can, about the ballroom scene and, you know, the importance of it. Yes. Um, all that. Give Run it down. Yeah. So first, I'm going to start off. The ballroom scene started basically in like the late 80s. Um, because a lot of black and brown gays were being kicked out their house due to being gay, transgender, pansexual, whatever they were, they were being kicked out their house. So the house system in ballroom, um, basically, the houses are named after fashion designers um, because it's basically it's basically to help the gay community feel like they were somebody back in the day. Like having the name Balenciaga behind your name mm -hmm. or Gucci behind your name just made you feel special, made you feel like something. Um, so that's where the fashion designer names come from. So each house has house parents, just like a regular kid. I don't know if y'all watch Legendary, but the mother of the house of Balenciaga, her name is Shannon, and then the father's name is Harold, and they basically run the house of Balenciaga. And then within that, there's house children, and if you want to join the house, um, you just ask the parents, can you join? And then you go through a process, whatever that process is for that house, and then you join the house. Um, but basically, it's really just for a place for Black and Brown LGBT community to just feel like they were somebody, just to feel special, to feel like they could be superstars as well as the straight community can. Um, it kind of died down from that because now it's becoming more mainstream and a lot of people are realizing what the ballroom scene is. Back in the day, it was more useful because it was more so underground and nobody knew about it. Like no straight people knew about it at all, but now it's becoming more mainstream. So a lot of people do know about it, but the meaning is still there. Like when I personally walk balls, 
it's my alter ego. It's something that I can't be in public. Um, of course, you know, I still, you know, in my sassy, you know, ratchet self in public, no matter where I'm at. But um, my alter ego comes out in ballroom. Um, so yeah, Karan can speak about it too because we talked about it too. So what's good, sis? Yes. Um. So I would say I'm not necessarily a part of ballroom, but I had fantasies of being a part of ballroom. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Definitely. But um. Johnny's more educated. I've just I've, I've I educated myself through ballroom. Uh, what's what's the YouTube page? Is this ballroom throwbacks? Ballroom yes. throwbacks. Yes, they really was like. It, and I was young watching these videos, mm-hmm. watching, you know, I was too. I did that too. Yes. <laughs> just watching them walk these balls, Vogue, um, mm-hmm. Twist. It's it just all, all of these things were just like, oh my gosh, I want to do mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. No, my ass can't. Okay. But, <laughs> but it was just so like, I was, it just seems very liberating. It just mm-hmm. seemed like a, a safe place mm-hmm. at that. Um, but I will say it definitely has become mainstream, but. I would say it's both a pro and a con to that because now you see more, um, how can I say, mainstream artists like, you know, your Megan Thee Stallion, you know, Beyonce, so on and so forth, using those that are within ballroom for choreography and so on and so forth. And, but also it just like, you know, is this, you know, how is this helping ballroom in a sense, if you get where I'm coming from? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that's just my only take on it, but I love the ballroom scene. Don't be surprised if you see me walking the ball sooner or later ah! after I work on my on my technique. Yeah, come on, exclusive. Double O, double O. Oh, double O, double O. Double O, double I have a question: uh, Is ballroom, even though it's mainstream, is it still for Black and Brown kids who are being kicked out? Yes. At home. Okay, before I went to my first ball, I definitely watched Legendary, had a great time, lived, loved it, right? But then when I went to the ball, I got a totally different feeling. It was way more euphoric than watching it on TV. And so I feel like, yes, people are knowing more about it, but honestly, Julie Baldwin has always been there. You said about um, having choreographers come and choreograph them. Those girls have been there, like, since Madonna did the Vogue song, like, so mm-hmm. we have been there, but now we're just getting more recognition. I'm not sure if it's the right recognition that we want. Um, I would just say this. We are the culture. Exactly. No answer, but exactly. honestly, we have set a lot of trends. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah. when, when we say mainstream, I think what's happening is that what we the ballroom that we see on TV, I feel like that is very whitewashed. To get real tea, if you have not been invited to your ball, then you must watch the YouTubes. Because yes. I was living when I was yes. a kid and I felt like I was there. So, yes. but anybody can go to a ball though. You just yeah. have to know. Well, I just know the pandemic really affected balls if you're mm-hmm. being serious. Yeah. So, but I think mm-hmm. they're just mm-hmm. now like really starting back. So, okay. Yeah. So, um, we all black. I already made that clear, but we all went to HBCUs. <laughs> All of y'all went to Winston, but Benji, besides oh, Benji, I was about to oh say, gosh, I'm in a Benji. seat of red. <laughs> I love it though. It's all love. It's all love. That's you. <laughs> Benji, please tell everybody the HBCU that you attended. <clears throat> well, darling, I attended the College of Milk and Honey, the only HB, the only university founded by an African-American woman, okay. Bethune-Cookman University. Um, <laughs> yes, I am a wild kid. I do bleed maroon and gold. Yes. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> and we're from the illustrious. No, I'm just kidding. 
We live. We live. We live. We see what red. Look at the live spirit. Hello. Okay. Um, <laughs> Hold on, wait. Y'all can't see my shirt. It's a cheer pie shirt. Oh, ooh, come and on, cheer And that's what. Shout out yeah, to uh, the real stomp and shake. Um. I <laughs> gag. I love the red team. I love the whole squad. So I say all of that to say, um, how did you guys feel coming into the HBCU um, community and Ashanti, you as a woman as well? Like everybody, how did you? How did y'all feel coming? Did you feel accepted? Did it take you a minute to find your team, to find your people? Um, what What was the feeling? I felt like I think me, Cersei. Um, it depends on like what background you come from too. Like when I came from, I came from Charlotte, North Carolina, a city, busy, um, you know, very dominant in, you know, people in their beliefs. So it, for me, it was like kind of normal kind of, I wasn't really scared, but as far as scared as far as first coming to school, yes. But as far as sexuality wise, it was like, well, what's up? Like I always been the person I was gonna go. And if somebody was disrespecting me or had something to say, What's up? You know, we was gonna let them know what was good and what it ain't, what it is. Right. So I just felt like my experience was definitely it was it was testing, but I also tested the tester. So oh. hello. Come on. So okay. you know, you just have to pick your battles and they also have to pick theirs too. And <laughs> you have to, you know, educate and and be, you know, live your life. I would say for me, because actually me and Jamal lived in the same dorm freshman year. And I would say he was way different than what I was. I was so shy. I was so scared. Like, literally, um, I came into college with my best friend. I thought that, okay, that was going to be it. Like, I really didn't make friends in my in the dorm. I really wasn't present. I really didn't do nothing except for hang around my best friend and girls. And then I met you, Brooke, like the end of my freshman year. But I would say, like, literally, I was very uncomfortable. I think I was uncomfortable in my gayness. I mm. think that's what it was. Mm. And, like, I was, mm-hmm. I, oftentimes, I tell you, and tell you this, like, literally, like, just walking to class or walking to, like, you know, our little student union, DJR, whatever. Like, if I, if a guy was walking right beside me, or, like, I was going, we were going to pass each other, I would somehow... <laughs> get to the other side of my best friend to have her beside him. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. hey, it was just like, I, was, I think I was intimidated, scared. I don't know what it was, but a bitch is here now. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, so I de- it definitely, I think it definitely was, was a phase. But once I got like more comfortable and actually seeing like, okay, these, a lot of these niggas not really that bad. I can do it, you know? So I think it's like, I just had to become comfortable in my surroundings and with the people. I think for me personally, my issue was I had this vision of what college was supposed to be for me. And mm-hmm. um, unfortunately that vision was very like heteronormative. So I mm-hmm. thought I was gonna go to college and find a boyfriend and like we live happily and ever after and we go on dates and we do this, that and the fourth. And it just was not that at all. Um, when I went to... Cookman, I was by myself. Um, I knew no one, um, but I was also in the choir, right? So I had that like sense of community there. And so when I was with all my like freshman brothers and sisters, like we made our own pack. And so I felt comfortable with them. Um, but I found myself, when I was not with them, I found myself feeling 
the exact same way that Karan felt uncomfortable. I hated living in the boys' dorm. I freshman year, you cannot go to the girls' dorm. So I like would I would be in the lobby of the girls' dorm with my girlfriends. Like I did not want to be with the boys. I felt so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, thank God we didn't have community bathrooms because I would have liked cried if that was the case but um community i will say excuse me the community bathrooms was a blessing okay oh, <laughs> <laughs> i was just about to say that Karan. oh my god i'm sorry bg continue no you're fine you're fine but after you know being the crowd um then i to the straight boys like you said i realized they really didn't care about me um they were just like whatever um and then i also became known as a smart boy so then it was like Ben, can you do my essay kind of shit? So mm-hmm. that was weird. Um, and then when I got and got more active in the community, then it was really more about like what you're doing on the campus universe, like on the campus community, not really about your identity. So it was a cool experience. Um, I guess, you know, I love my university, the administration though. So BCU is a faith-based university. Um, and mm. so you would feel um, those Christian values or um, Christian values, quote unquote, um, peeking through when it came to some of the uh, queer people that were trying to be up out front and, and, and in the forefront. But nonetheless, uh, we pushed past it and we do what we got to do. And we still love our HBCU though. Okay. Uh, we don't even okay. have those values and we still have problems. Well, hold on. I know y'all, you all had Christian values, but were y'all doing Christian things? Well, child. <laughs> they, I mean, you know, I mean, the the university had chapel um, every Wednesday. Um, but after that, really, honestly and truly, I mean, the girls outside twerking next to the chapel. So, oh, you know what okay. I'm saying? We live. It's the HBCU. What? Drop we it low for Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Ashanti, did you feel the same or? Um. Well, my experience is not really the same because of like, as a femme presenting person in the community and I'm mm-hmm. a cisgender woman, I don't have those kind of issues like off bat. Like, so I know I'm not going to be judged based off my appearance. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, the difference is people are going to be more comfortable saying things that are kind of sideways around me. Yeah. Assumption I'm not going to say anything. So um, that's really the only thing like people making little sideways remarks about people um in the community like it was a lot of people on campus y'all know who are very flamboyant we had a lot of people on campus who like and I was yeah. all here for it but you know <laughs> girls are low-key haters like well I want a gay best friend I want a gay best friend but on the low they like oh mm-mm, that no what is he doing he does too much uh-uh I wouldn't <laughs> want my son around that I don't want my son <laughs> like that mm. all mm-hmm. behind closed doors when right. they want gay boys for accessories Exactly. Yes, come on. That's, they that's want a, what? That's a fine example. No, they want they they want hairstylists. They want mm-hmm. makeup artists. They, they want they, 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 they like, shopping. They want yeah. Jelani, do you have anything to say about you? Oh, um, because you I were mean, coming from like, Boston, right? Yes. Yeah, so up here, it really is diverse. It's kind of like I would compare it to New York. Um, it's just very diverse up here. So I kind of was nervous because going to the South, I was like, oh, child, now. I don't know how they be acting <laughs> down there. So I was nervous. And coming to Winston, I realized this, and I'm so happy I'm out of this now. I felt like freshman year, I was trying to seek straight boys' validation. Mm-hmm. Like, I felt like I was trying to make it seem like, oh, I'm that gay boy, but I'm not that gay. I'm not going to touch you. Like, mm-hmm. I like I was giving them warnings. And I was like, Jelani, why are you doing this? Like, you're your own person. You don't got to 
So after after I realized that I didn't need to validate myself, I just found my crew, which was Jamal didn't come until like a year later, but he was part of my crew too. Uh, it was like me, Dana. I'm saying names that some of y'all probably don't even know, but me, Dana, um, Jordan, uh, Cam, Micah, then Jamal came. Karan came into the group a little bit later too. And once we just found our group and we was walking around campus prideful, no matter how much it was, we was just cackling, laughing, being yes. us. It, it really didn't matter who was staring at us. Because we had boys staring at us. Just like Jamal said, they tried us. We had boys staring at us. We had boys whisper faggot to us walking by. We, we seen it and we heard it. But it, also, and I feel like you just have to find your crew and your niche. Your niche? Is that what it is? Niche? Yeah, that's yeah. it. I don't know if it's a word. But, okay. So, because, you know, we always in Epiphany Mountain Troop. And after I found Epiphany, that really just made me realize, like, I did not have to hide who I was anymore. Um, I feel like all of us felt that way who joined Epiphany. Um Yes. Because after after yes, after we joined the Marlin troop, no matter even, even if you weren't gay, it was just yeah. as soon as you joined the troop, you just realized how prideful you should be in yourself as a person. So I felt like that's what helped me. Winston was good to me and it was a good HBCU. However, would I say they accept all gay people? No, I wouldn't. Because mm-hmm. it I still I wouldn't consider it a homophobic school. I wouldn't put that title on it. But it, it wasn't it was yeah, it could be better. It wasn't the mm-hmm. best at supporting the gay community mm-hmm. at all. Um, especially when being an athlete, um, being a cheerleader, we had to go to like male and female like athletic like meetings and stuff. So even though I was a cheerleader and the whole team was girls, I still had to go to the boy meetings by myself and all the girls went to the other girl meetings. Wow. And when I would go to the guy meetings, I would just hear homophobic comments, not even towards me, just like how guys talk. Like they weren't even making it towards me. They were just talking about themselves. And I just felt so uncomfortable because I was just in there and they're just saying faggot like it's a regular word. They're calling mm-hmm. each other faggots. They're, they're making all these gay remarks. And I'm just in there. I just felt so uncomfortable. And after I showed my um, concern to a couple of staff members, they act like they didn't care. They was like, oh, that's bad. But nothing was fixed. Nothing was said. Mm-hmm. Nothing was done. And I just felt like, yeah, I, I don't feel supported here. Yeah, so it's really like, kind of like the support isn't there as far mm-hmm. as like we have PRISM, Mm-hmm. And we have Mitch. That's our ally. <laughs> to be honest. And, Mitch. <laughs> and, you know, he can't only say and do but so much. And just as far as, like, the chancellor wouldn't even promote a campus-wide celebration. Like, mm-hmm. we had Pride Week as PRISM. The flags are on campus. Did the chancellor or any administration send an email out? Mm-hmm. They nope. were, did they ever recognize it? No. I, pro- I was gonna say pride week we was there for well i mean we was all there for years and pride week was my last year i was just about to say that brooke Literally, it was my last you see the, you see the years. that's what i was say you see the flags at the very end and it's like on main parts of campus and if you didn't know you just did not know like you know what i'm saying like if you didn't have friends in the gay community or you didn't have people in prison or anything mm-hmm. like that you would not know what those flags was there for that they was just put the last a gay, they just put a rainbow flags everywhere. That's all they did. They just hung them up and said, There I go. Y'all welcome. Right. That's- See, that's so interesting. I never had any of that. No flags, no <laughs> organizations. We had a, a GSA. Um, it's not, it was not active at all. None of that happened. They were very selective on what type of gay they mm-hmm. wanted to support it's and it was the gay that you know yes you're gay but you still present very masculine you have your suit you speak mm-hmm. clearly you are wow. very you know you are prim and proper but if you come in here with a purse or if you're more feminine or if you let the world know that you're gay if you're out in public you know kiss it, that that was not the case right yeah right. that's so interesting though i love that y'all have like a pride week i'm jealous Ooh. hopefully it's 
it's up and coming. Like hopefully that was the start when we mm-hmm. left and hopefully they will build on that because it's know. so important. You know what I'm saying? And for people to know that it's not just a flag up. I have like negativity towards it, but I just feel like our era pushed a lot of things more mm-hmm. than this yes. next, uh, not generation, generation era, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. It's, I don't think it's going to give that. And I was just about to say it. that because I just feel like end, we went beyond and above for certain things that we ha- didn't have equally. And I just don't, I, sometimes I just feel that way. I mean, I don't want to be negative about it, but I just I just feel that way. I feel like some people just actually pushed it more. You know what I'm saying? Because even yeah. with the, because um, Karan and Jamal, y'all was there when we were planning. I agree with you, Jamal. Like when we people, like the head staff tell us, oh no, we can't put y'all in homecoming because that's going to compete with all these other things and blah, blah, blah. But all these straight people coming with y'all with all these other ideas, y'all are taking in and y'all wanting them. But as soon as gay people said we want a ball just for us during homecoming, y'all mm-hmm. saying no because y'all don't want to compete with homecoming. How we had, girl, what's the thing we do at Rendition? Um, girl, talk, boy, Oh, oh, yeah. the, um, oh, he said, she said, no, I forgot. I know what you're talking about, girl. Brother, brother and sister something. Yeah, brother, brother, brother to brother. Brother to brother. Brother and sister to sister. First, this is our first year we had something, it was called Outright Rams. Oh. Of course, it wasn't very successful because, you know, it was a COVID year, first of all. So I don't think it was marketed good enough, but we had Outright Rams for people who wouldn't be comfortable at brother to brother or sister to sister. I wouldn't even known that. So what yeah. happens at brother to brother and sister to sister? So basically, ramdition is like a week long process where new freshmen is very lit. Okay, mm-hmm. thanks to my class. Come on, Jelani. love it. Um, <laughs> so it's very it's like a a week long freshman orientation um, where you okay your legacy leader and it's basically an upperclassman to you know show you the ropes. Mm-hmm. And during that session, during the week long session, you have two separate sessions where sisters to sister you go and you sit with all girls so it's about 600 people that fill up the auditorium and all the boys go and they talk to all the upper y'all have like what like older mentors or men yeah like mentors the girl sessions in my opinion i've been to a couple because i did mine and then i was a legacy leader they were really emotional like people were sharing stuff like it got Mm -hmm. there but like the boys i never knew because we never went in there so i guess if you were a part of the gay community, you probably wouldn't be accepted because mm-hmm. it was probably a lot of heterosexual. Mm-hmm. It was yes. very, it was very, it was like, very dry. Like, yeah, you know, if you gonna have this yeah. brother, brother, know there is other people in here that doesn't, that's not heterosexual. So I mean, exactly. you know, make it broad. You know, right? Okay. Um. Okay. So speaking of heterosexual and men, um. Have you ever experienced, which we touched based on this a little bit, but have you ever experienced um, toxic masculinity? And how do you combat Ooh. toxic masculinity? Um, True. It, it's, it's basically when you think a man is a certain thing and it can't be something else, if that makes mm. sense. So um, like say us in this, in this chat right now, a lot of straight men will probably say, quote unquote, we're not men. Or a lot of straight women too, I'll say, oh, those aren't, women, aren't men because they're acting like, females acting too feminine they're not men that's toxic because at the end of the day we we're still men um so that's basically the gist of toxic masculinity but it has so many umbrellas that it's a lot mm-hmm. it's even shown up in your our own community too you know mm-hmm. it's just not mm-hmm. with you know other heterosexuals or other sexual people it's in our community. That's why Jelani, what Jelani said, you know, it's it's deep. It's definitely deeper than just heterosexual. 
it. A lot of toxic masculinity comes from the gay community too, when they be like the top of bottom thing. Like just because mm-hmm. you're a masculine doesn't mean you can't be a bottom. It's just a lot. Well, I feel like that has hurt the black community more than Period. people keep saying, like people claim like, oh, the, they're hurting the black family with this homosexuality. Like that's the thing they love to throw out there. And I feel like toxic man- masculinity has hurt any, anything else because we have like so many emotionally numb men in our community mm-hmm. they think that it is it's gonna make them gay if they cry you also see it when a child is growing up so oh, exactly. like, absolutely especially with guys like if a guy has on puts tries on his mama heels or will take them heels off or mm-hmm. if you got some if you're trying to cry well toughen up or you know punching the kid and that mm-hmm. shit does not work let's go mm-hmm. ahead and say that right now because yeah, they're gonna be who they are regardless you know now you don't know what if you should cry if you shouldn't cry if you should mm-hmm. you know smile if you can't smile like you can you feel emotion can you say this can you say that it's really bullshit mm-hmm. and so i feel like it affects not only um it just affects the black community in a whole because it messes with the child's identity. Mm-hmm. And so um, until you're able to grow up and into your own self, then yeah, it's hard for you. Yeah, it's hard for you to get that. It's hard for you to understand how I identify or it's okay to cry as a black mm-hmm. man or it's okay to be whatever, emotional, to feel, to, you know what I'm saying? It's okay. Okay, sorry, I didn't get on a tangent. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> Girl, you was preaching though, it's fine. Um, growing up, what are or who are some icons that you looked up to that has led you within the community or if they're ally of the community? Who did you look up to as a child that represented the LGBTQ community? Or did y'all have any icons back then? And that's the issue. I was just about to say that's the issue. No, we didn't. Because you know, yeah, it was just a learning experience for myself and I would say that I would never take it away because I'm glad I got to do what I had, I got to do um, to be myself. And I, I was myself at a young age. I would say yes. that I was myself yeah. at a young age. I felt like me being myself when my parents might not have straightly knew it probably till I got to like the ninth grade, 10th grade, but me being in school and, you know, carrying myself, oh, I was me. She's the first person that I ever saw like in the media. Like she never like really came out, but everybody knows. Everybody knows. And it's kind of like the tabloids. I would see him as a little kid, like Queen Latifah and her um and her little boo on the beach getaway. Like I would just see all of that all the time. And she's like, you know, plus size woman. So it just always, and I've always been like, you know, a thicker girl. So she's always been someone I admire like I think she's so pretty when I see her in the movies and like she's like like in just right like she could still they still let her be a feminine role like mm-hmm. and play and she's so versatile like she could go from Cleo she's a bad bitch yeah she's she I love her <laughs> yes and congrats on her lifetime achievement award yes she has shouted us out and I was like oh girl and her partner is this your coming out, girl? Still, um, like to go back to like the, the young me, um, this still brings me back to ballroom because I didn't have, like you said, an icon, like about who was famous. But when I watched ballroom throwbacks when I was little, those were my icons. Those were mm. my people I looked up to. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they weren't famous as anybody else, like, you know, Beyonce and all of them. But I still did look up to those people. Like if, if we're talking about like famous people, she's not in the gay community at all. 
but she still made me who I am today is Nicki Minaj. Um, because I felt like all the gays just loved her and she loved all the gays and how colorful she was and how vibrant she was. Like it made me realize like how colorful and vibrant I was too as a person. I just want to piggyback off of Jelani. Honestly, I wanted to say something, but I was just like, I don't want them to view me crazy, but literally going <laughs> up, Who did you look up to? Like my person, although she's not gay, y'all already know. Beyonce. She was a she was a safe place for me. Literally, mm-hmm. have every album, have mm-hmm. every vinyl. Yeah. Honestly, mm-hmm. it was just like even like I was a little boy doing uh-oh dance, okay. Mm-hmm. But I'm mm-hmm. definitely Beyonce. Her I am Sasha Fierce era really brought the hunt mm-hmm. out of me, okay. Yes, getting mm-hmm. money. D was getting money. Ooh. If you ain't getting <laughs> money, then you, then you ain't, ain't got, got nothing, nothing for, for me. Yes. <laughs> She was, but who she was making the music for? She yeah, knew. she knew it was for us. She knew. <laughs> she, knew. she knew. You know, B, um, I'm gonna say B Day was for the gays. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And honestly, like because Beyonce exudes her masculine energy, like she has masculine energy, mm-hmm. and she's not afraid to use it. Like you know, people attack black women all the time for expressing their masculine energy and working yeah. in both, but she does that in her performances, which mm-hmm. attracts everyone to her. Are there unknown offenses, let me phrase that, that mm-hmm. somebody straight can do to you or that are unknown that you just like, uh-uh, this is not it. And then I, how do how do they come to learn? How do they come to educate themselves about the community? Coming as a person that's willing to receive and like you already made it known that, you know, you want to be educated. Like, if, and, you know, they start talking or whatever, certain things I feel like it's not offensive because they've already made it aware that, you know, I'm not educated. I want to be educated, but don't take it as me being offensive. So I just feel like mm-hmm. it's all of how you come and, you know, and project yourself. So that's how I feel. Right. Um, I, would, I also feel, oh, you go. Sorry. I would definitely have to um, disagree. <laughs> and I say that because we live in like the 21st century and like Google is completely free. Now granted, <laughs> is everything on Google real? Probably not. But you can Google what pronouns are. You can Google the definitions of non-binary and cisgender and asexual and pansexual. So if you really want to educate yourself, you can do exactly what I had to do when I want to educate myself on my community and go and Google it and go and watch Paris is Burning and go and watch mm. ballroom throwbacks and go and watch. I mean, now they have Pose and maybe that's a commercialized part yeah. of our community, but you have Pose. You have all these things to, to, to do. And I'm like just super big on like, the oppressed is not the educator. And Ooh. so really where I got it, like, you know what? I'm exhausted. Like Hell I'm exhausted yeah. from being black. I'm exhausted from being black and gay. Like I don't have the time to sit here and walk you through what you should know. Like, but starting with me, don't start with me as a source. Go somewhere else first as a source. Oh, and yeah, then yeah. if you want to clarify you, you, something. You can't come starting with me now. Yeah. I, I, I ain't the starter, but I, yeah. 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 I will help you I if you need to know. Yeah. If I you want, if you I really have like a burning clarification, baby, then come to me. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not your first grade teacher. I'm not gonna do that for you. No. And I also late. feel how I feel like it depends like on your relationship with the person. Exactly. Um, so say if that like too. like you know like Brooke and Karan, y'all are like real close. Like y'all are best best friends. Mm-hmm. So like sometimes I even had girlfriends ask me too, like Jelani what is this? Like, and they just, they were just straight up. Like, it, it may seem rude to certain people. Like, if you ask a gay stranger that, like, a, that, then it'll be mm-hmm. rude. But, like, sometimes it depends on the relationship also. So, sometimes I feel like mm-hmm. I won't get offended if some of my girlfriends were to say something in a different way because I know them as a person. Like, 
just tread lightly sometimes. Like if you don't know someone's pronouns, if you don't know something about the gay community, just tread mm-hmm. lightly and don't say something or don't do that action. So say if you're confused because you see a non-binary person and you're in your head like, is she or he? Like, what, what, what do I say? Don't just come out with what you think you should say. Like, oh, you don't know mm-hmm. girl, so I'm gonna say she. Don't say that because they get offended. They get mad. You can't be like, well, I didn't know. You didn't tell me, blah, blah, but you didn't take the time to be courteous or like considerate mm-hmm. of that. So I feel like I agree that we shouldn't teach you everything. We can teach you some things if we, you know, if we want to be nice. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you're grown. You're a grown man. You're a grown woman. Y'all birthed a lot of things like what's the tea, shade. A lot of that was birthed within the gay community, Black gay community. I was just thinking about this too when he said, you know, the girls and stuff. This is kind of off topic a little bit, but I just want to make this known for people. Just because you see feminine gays call themselves girls does not mean we want to be girls. Exactly. We're just saying girls. A lot of people think like, oh, you. you want to be trans now? You want to be trans? I'm like, no. I, I'm not trans. I don't want to be trans. I, I can still call myself a girl. Um, we have a quick game that I want to play. And I just want to say, I made this up, y'all. So please just bear with me. It is the first game ever on my podcast. Okay. So, and I was just like, oh, this is going to be fun. It's called Who Said That? Like the candy. Who said like that? Porsche. Okay, Porsche. Y'all, I had to find, um, I guess, iconic people or legends or within the gay community that's an ally. And it's quotes or famous things that they say. So <laughs> <laughs> you have now entered into Who Said That? I live. <laughs> okay, so the first thing is. The first first quote is, "Read, honey, not read. That's the difference." Who said that? Nene. Who said that? Yeah, that was Nene. <laughs> yeah, you said it just like her. Okay. The second one is, "No sleep, bus, club." Gaga. Lady, Lady Gaga. Dang, Lady Gaga. <laughs> no sleep. Another one on who said that? I'm a man in a dress, and if I feel like wearing a dress, I'm gonna wear one. Who said that? Santana. Santana. No. Billy, Billy Porter? Oh, Billy Porter. It's Billy Porter. Dang, I'm sorry. Okay. My it's Billy Porter. Ah. <laughs> okay, this is the last one. Uh, Pick your jaw up off the floor and go back to your clam chowder and shallow conversations. <laughs> that's, that's Pose. That's Pose. That is Pose. Oh, Electra. Oh, it's Electra. Dominique. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, well, thanks for playing. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that was fun. Yeah. Um, so thanks y'all for real. Um, seriously, I really want to thank all of y'all because honey, this was a last minute text and y'all that came through. So. No, we got you. We got you. All right, okay. Yeah, we got you. Love. The gays got you. The gays got you. Girl. Always. Yeah, period. And I just want to say happy Pride Month, baby. And happy for this last little day. Enjoy this month, um, pride year, baby, pride life. Enjoy it. And I just want to say that I'm grateful to be able to have a platform or to be able to have this little bit of platform to share voices and to understand stories and to be there for y'all. So I'm here. Thank you so much for tuning in. Well, let it be known if the audience wants to know what an ally is, Brooke is an ally. That's the definition. Period. Thank you. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So... We out. All right, guys. I want to thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this. I hope you got some laughs. I hope you learned a lot. And I hope that you're not out judging. And I want to say happy pride to all of the LGBTQIA plus community, honey. 
it's all about you not only this month but we celebrate you always um and just know that this podcast is a safe place to come so if you like this episode please be sure to look at our other episodes um there's so many topics so many genres definitely check them out. They're really, really good if I do say so myself. Um, Also, make sure you're following our Instagram, taking care of yourself, doing selfie care, tagging us in those posts, and make sure you're following our Twitter, honey. And if you have any listener teas, it's the summer, so definitely email me all the tea, all the information, honey, no tea, no shade. So, And do me a favor, if you enjoyed this podcast, please rate it and leave a review. I feel like I have so many people telling me they enjoyed it, but they don't leave a review and they don't rate it. So if you learned something new, if you wanted, if you educated yourself a little bit, it's right below. And remember, never judge anyone because you don't know their story. All right. See y'all in the next one.